Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, also on iTunes and on Stitcher. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Great to be back once again. Um, kind of attempting to get this also on Podomatic, but, eh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it up there eventually. Uh, I don't know, I got kind of confused and messed up with things, and hopefully it's okay and all that stuff. Uh, working this with the sportstuff.com. So I'm just going to kind of hold off on that for the time being, but I'll probably get it up there. More, most likely it would be a good idea, I got to think. But um, yeah, for those of you that are listening on Stitcher that are fairly new to the show, welcome aboard. And uh, for everyone else that's been loyal to the show, thank you very, very much. And what a wonderful game today was ultimately for the Vikings. Oh, I almost got the score right. And then, you know, because it was when it was 31-17, I almost had it right. But then, oh gosh, well then Teddy Bridgewater had to... Had a complete a pass for one more touchdown. Son of a gun. So 38-17 Minnesota today over at the Chicago Bears. Taking care of business in a big way. Things looking very, very strong for the Minnesota Vikings to make the playoffs. It's very unlikely the Vikings would miss the playoffs at this stage. Chicago's flat out dead. The Giants are pretty much dead. You know, you get the idea. Uh, Tampa Bay losing to St. Louis earlier in the week. Most of that's going to be talked about in the second segment, so I better not get too ahead of myself. Just a very fun, encouraging, exciting day for the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, it's kind of one of those classic games where the Vikings uh, <clears throat> perform well against the Bears late in the season, get everybody's hopes up, and then you lose early, you lose in the playoffs, all that kind of thing, you know, like in the past. But in, in this case, we haven't really been to the playoffs lately, and this team does have... It does have some ability to it that gives you some hope that, that they actually could win a round or two and make things very, very interesting long term, uh, even this season. That's the that's the thing about this team. This isn't the 2008 Vikings where it was a classic tease. Like, you just know, oh, goody, the Vikings beat Chicago. Now they're going to win the division and they're going to be the cutest little uh, NFC North division champion ever. And then, and then they couldn't even beat Philadelphia in the first round. In fact, they didn't even come close. It was freaking horrible, even though the Vikings hosted the game. And then 2012, it kind of was the same, but it seemed like there was a possibility of some lasting, uh, <laughs> some type of lasting uh, ability for the Vikings during that season as well. And then, well, we know what happened there. Let's just leave that alone. Injury, and now I'm dragging things on really far. Minnesota-Chicago, very, very classic matchup in Minneapolis. It's usually a victory. Minnesota in Chicago is usually a loss. But this season, the Vikings sweep Detroit, and they sweep the Chicago Bears. Very exciting, very cool. You know it's a good season when we're doing stuff like that. We're actually sweeping people. We're sweeping multiple teams in the division, and it's not just because a team's 0-16 or 2-14 and or some other crap like that. There's actually a reason uh, that the Vikings are sweeping people, and that's a very, very <laughs> encouraging, positive sign for this team uh, going forward into the postseason and such. So, yeah, I mean, there is some lasting power for this team. Lasting ability, lasting power. You get the idea. I was kind of searching for it because it was it's there and it wasn't coming out properly. Uh, speaking of lasting power, look at us. Just just look at us two weeks ago in that Seattle game and in other, the Green Bay game and such. Just look at us. Just look at us comparing Teddy Bridgewater to Christian Ponder. No way. No, no, Joey, no way. <laughs> no, Joey, no way. <laughs> and nobody else. And no, I didn't. Con- <laughs> That's an inside joke right there. Somebody from work there. But, uh, <laughs> but um, 
No, um, I wasn't the one saying that. A lot of other people, um, certain like message boards and such, Facebook pages. Uh, nobody on the Purple Mafia page said that, I don't think. But seeing it all over Facebook and it's like, hmm, I, I don't know about that. I mean, he, he was never that bad, was he? Even in his worst day, he wasn't that bad. That Seattle game, I don't know. When, when you saw them just roll over Baltimore... Not that Baltimore's a good team, but the way they just rolled over them with the same, basically, the same, basically the same score, it was just like, whatever, here comes Seattle again, and it was a freight train, and they knew they had to win that game, or they're dead, so it was a desperation type of game, and Seattle's kind of doing their thing, again, we'll talk about that in segment number two, but, uh, <laughs> long story longer, does Teddy, uh, does Christian Ponder, do you ever think Christian Ponder is going to be capable of this stat line right here? Really? I mean, Really? <laughs> three incomplete passes, more like three interceptions for uh, Christian Ponder, more 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 often than not, and one at least one of them being a pick six roll, pick six Ponder or pond over like turnover. That's kind of a lame version, but when you're talking <laughs> twenty uh, seventeen of twenty completion, that's crazy. Uh, Two hundred and thirty one yards, not the sexiest number of all time. In fact, it mirrored Jay Cutler. That's kind of funny. 231 yards each, uh, but 85% completion. He was only stacked once, so good job, offensive line. Uh, not the greatest defense ever, but hey, it is John Fox, and, and they did a they did a decent job in Chicago on Teddy Bridgewater. They put some pressure on him in that game. Not the best you ever saw, but hey, Teddy just, most of his incomplete passes were because he was just hurrying and getting rid of the ball. So in fact, most of them, what am I saying? Well, really, all of them were that. <laughs> what a just a sexy game overall. Just a uh, you know, and so many other positive things about it that I'm going to continue with here, including one that's like not the best ever, but eh, well, but it luckily the Vikings were okay. Uh, quarterback rating 154.4 doesn't really get much better than that. Uh, <laughs> touchdowns four, four touchdowns for Teddy Bridgewater, zero interceptions. That's kind of like a Dante Culpepper type game when he was exploding in 2004 and such when he put up numbers that you couldn't believe during that season. Um, just unbelievable numbers in 2004 for Mr. Dante Culpepper. I think Teddy's more of a true quarterback than Culpepper ever could have been, in my opinion. Um, and if you play fantasy football, which I'm not going to do ever again, I'm just done with it. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was your starting quarterback in a playoff game more than likely today. No, <laughs> he probably wasn't, but if he was, great call. You're uh, you're going to the Super Bowl, I believe it would be, right? Or I'm not sure. Or you'd be going to the conference final, I think, or, you know, final four or whatever. Um, damn, you know, that would be a really smart uh, choice. That would be a really uh, <laughs> kind of lucky, but at the same time, but then again, not really. I mean, I, I had a feeling Teddy was going to have a good game. Remember, I actually predicted he was going to have a multiple a touchdown pass day, if I remember correctly. Um, and he did. He, he really did. A four touchdown game, a career high, uh, spreading the ball early and all that. Just an overall team effort type of game, but Teddy standing strong at the end of the day, and doesn't it make you feel good? Remember how just a couple weeks ago, shattered confidence, now here we are feeling so much better about Teddy. Awesome game against Arizona that unfortunately just was not our was not our day with the way things turned out. Not a good play call. Even Mike Zimmer openly said, I didn't like it, but he went along with it because, you know, Norv's the, Norv's the expert on offense and this and that, and he said, okay, I guess, I, I guess so, basically. He just kind of Thought that Norv, Norv knows what he's doing here. And, well, it wasn't the type of play that was properly designed for that situation. Arizona had the perfect uh, pass rush <laughs> set up for that one. And Vikings ended up losing the game by a very narrow margin. We saw a strip sack today on Jay Cutler. That was wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely uh, exciting. 
situation for the Vikings. They ultimately wound up with uh, quite a few sacks in this one. <laughs> yeah, Vikings wound up ultimately with five sacks or six sacks on the day. Just unbelievable performance in that side of things. Putting a wonderful pass rush. Five sacks total is what it ultimately ended up being. Um, before I get back into the offense, you had Chad Greenway with a sack, and he was all over the place today. You'll hear from Justin Day uh, about that one. Daniil Hunter really looks like an extremely positive uh, positive find in the draft uh, last last uh, last spring, last May. What a nice nice pickup he was in the draft. Just just wonderful. I mean, you, you lose guys, guys get older, this and that, the Williams wall, Jared Allen, one guy after another. Then you even lose uh, Linval Joseph to injury, and look at Daniil Hunter. What a wonderful job he has been at the defensive tackle. Just a, just a fantastic one and a half sacks today. Ultimately, five total tackles, even a couple for loss ultimately in the game. Pressuring Mr. Cutler throughout the game. Um, Tom Johnson, man, tackle for loss on the running back, included another sack. How can you not love Tom Johnson? Brian Robinson, Mr. Energy, unbelievable I mean, I just adore him. Absolutely. Sharif Floyd in the mix. Time and time again, he recorded a half sack on Mr. Daniil Hunter's uh, second or one one of his sacks, ultimately. What a day for these guys. Passes deflected all over the place. That Anthony Harris in there at safety for Mr. Uh, for Harry the Hitman. So Harris and Harry, there you go. <laughs> Anthony Harris, man. He, he, he's been really good back-to-back weeks in, in uh, Mr. Uh, Anthony Harris, uh, Mr. Anthony Harris, Mr. Harrison Smith, oh, this is going to drive me crazy, uh, in, in his stead, he deflected a pass, ultimately six tackles on the day, just very, uh, just all over the place, tons of energy, Jay Cutler tried to pick on Terrence Newman a little bit today, um, not that Terrence Newman did anything wrong, it's just the ball was kind of going to come his way in one of uh, Cutler's touchdowns, which got the Bears on the board after the Vikings led 10 to nothing. Oh, man, did he thread the needle on that one. I'm not mad at Newman for that one. He, he had pretty good coverage on the play. The ball just snuck in there, threaded the needle. A great pass from Jay Cutler on that one. Not too mad at him. That's the only. I mean, that's about the only time you're going to see Terrence Newman burn for the most part. But he didn't really get burned. It was just a great play. Uh, bummer there, unfortunately, for the Vikings. Uh, Justin Trotu included an interception defensively. <laughs> And Jay Cutler. <laughs> it was about at the 20-yard line for the Bears, putting the Vikings in fantastic uh, position in that one. Just, um, I don't know what Cutler was doing. He was kind of the old Cutler on that play. Just kind of trying to force a little, little like a, just a cute little pass in there. And it was just a tiny little duck. Just a little duckling of a pass. And Tretu just snagged it right out of the air. And, and that, was, that was that. Putting the Vikings in great position as well in that one. It's just, man, oh man, what a game for this this entire team. I mean, Robert Blanton even deflected a pass to Floyd, knocked one down, Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes closed again. They were closed again. I mean, he just, he, he did it again. Eric Kendricks, energy, talent, everywhere. You didn't really, you didn't really feel that the, that this defense missed the, missed the three major parts today. And that's, that, that's a good sign. Ultimately, we'll take them back. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll take them back in a heartbeat. But at the same time, I mean, these guys, thank you. Just like I was saying in the Seattle game, just please, somebody out there, you made it to the National Football League for a reason. So please step up. Just step up and play football. You're in the league for a reason. You're second string. You're not fifth string. You're not getting called up off of the Gophers practice squad. You're not even getting called up off of the Vikings practice squad, at least for the most part. And you're getting out there... And 
you're starting and you're performing. Thank you very much. Trey Waynes performed fairly well in this game as well. I mean, very, very encouraging. And I say well way too much. I apologize. But that's kind of like one of the theme words of this show. Just well. Teddy Bridgewater played well. Jarek McKinnon in Adrian Peterson's stead when he injured his ankle after he started extremely strong. When I saw Adrian running the ball, because now we're going back to offense. <laughs> when I saw him running the ball, 9 yards, 11 yards, 5 yards, this and that. One after another, it's like, oh, we're going to win the game. I mean, Teddy's sharp. We're, we're going to win this game. It's going to be no problem. When you see two yards in a cloud of dust, you know we're in trouble. But ultimately, Adrian Peterson was very strong, but then he injured his ankle when he was being tackled um, after one of his good good runs forward, basically. He got a good number of yards in the, on the play, and he injured his ankle on the play. It, it looks like he's going to be all right, but at the same time, you might as well take him out. And you kind of felt like it was 2014 again, like late in the year, about this time when Jarek McKinnon was playing well and Teddy Bridgewater was playing well. And you're beating a team like Chicago or something like that. You're, you're beating somebody at home and finishing finishing the season strong, which the Vikings did last year for the most part. Um, we, we came out of it feeling extremely encouraged last year. Even though the Vikings didn't make the postseason, they ultimately played very well. Now, Jarek McKinnon as a running back was nothing special. Because he only wound up with 1.4 yards a carry. He only got 10 yards on 7 rushes. So, okay, that part didn't work out. Adrian, for the record, wound up with 3.5 a carry. Not the greatest numbers ever, but he started strong. And ultimately, the Bears started to get a little bit stronger defensively after that, unfortunately. But then, after the Bears kind of made their rushes on Teddy Bridgewater, forced him into some incompletions and the Vikings to punt a few times, then Jarek McKinnon started getting going with Adrian Peterson. Then you saw Mike Wallace receive a long catch, and what an aggressive play it was indeed. Just the determination in, in Teddy Bridgewater on the play made me feel so damn good. <laughs> he made me feel so damn good when I saw that. I mean, it was like literally I would just hike the ball, and he just had this look like this ball is <laughs> this ball is going somewhere. It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a little 11-yard pass to the sideline or a, or a little 6-yard pass to the sideline and hopefully you can get a little couple of yards after catch and get another first down. No, man. It was Mike Wallace up the middle. It was Teddy Bridgewater throwing a bullet and it was a bullet. There was no duck to it, no wobble, nothing. No bleeping around. It was a gosh darn completion and that ball was going about... It was a Brett Favre type of pass with its velocity and Mike Wallace caught a 34-yard pass. Got a 34-yard pass. Finally. <laughs> Finally. And you saw the determination in Teddy's face. You saw the exuberance in Mike Wallace on the play. It wasn't for a touchdown. Oh, they got that taken care of last week at least. But it was a nice down-the-field catch and a big play. Just a big play. Both guys very feeling very good after that one. And how can you not? How can you not feel good after that? Just a sexy, awesome play. Aggressiveness. And then who do you think is the guy that started racking up the points as the game kind of wore on and put this game on ice in a big way? The same guy that dug us out many times in the season when we were actually trailing at times against Detroit, Kansas City, and others. Yeah, that's right, Stefan Diggs, Mr. Number One Receiver, Mr. Charles Johnson, who... That's right, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Stefan Diggs only caught the ball three times, but what's the other thing he is? Mr. Yards After Catch... Yeah, like he digs yards after the catch. That's what he does. And I know I've said it a lot, but why not? How can you not say it? <laughs> and plus, and he he went he wound up with two touchdowns ultimately in this one. Just getting around guys, making moves and such. 
Two touchdowns for Stefan Diggs down the stretch, 55 yards overall. But um, when you see the ball getting spread around all over the place, and this was no spread offense or anything, <laughs> obviously, but the ball was getting spread around, per se, uh, in this one. Jarek McKinnon ended up catching the ball <laughs> four times, including a 30-yarder, which ended up going in the end zone. Just an awesome play. 76 yards uh, receiving for Jarek McKinnon. A lot, Part of it was length and part of it was uh, yards after catch because he's a running back. Of course, he's able to juke and make some moves and get around people. But then, when you have Stefan Diggs doing what he's doing, Mike Wallace being a factor, not amazing numbers, but hey, yeah, at least had that one huge one and a couple of super shorties that were caught. Yay. <laughs> but then you include Jarius Wright, a guy that I hope remains on this team for the next seven to eight years. I mean, I uh, seven to ten years. I, I, I love Jarius Wright. I think he's always at minimum a third receiver for this team, a valuable guy. Still was able to catch three passes for 32 yards, and they were at important times. Kept the kept the chains rolling. Really exciting indeed. And Kyle Rudolph even including two catches. Nothing sexy, but hey, again, moving the chains. That's what it's all about sometimes. Zach Lyon including a pretty nice play to kind of wrap things up, and that was the play that ultimately... <laughs> oh, man. That was the play that ended up ruining my little prediction. It would have been perfect. 31-17. Just perfect. But then, doggone it, Zach Lyon, you had to keep that your hands in bounds, didn't you? <laughs> Mr. Touchdown, all he does is catch touchdowns for the most part. Zach Lyon got a four-yarder, ultimately. It was mostly, well, it was like about a two-yard play, and then he powered over two, powered over two more yards over the pylon and barely reached over that pylon and as he was floating out of bounds, literally in the air. Nice play. Nice play as he was getting tackled, pushed out of bounds, all that. Barely stayed in bounds. 38-17 Minnesota to wrap things up there for the Minnesota Vikings. A very exciting play. It was uh, 31-10 to for a while and then the Bears, well, a short while, and the Bears ultimately were determined to at least get something on the board and they were able to get a garbage time, you could call it, touchdown to make it 31-17 to to kind of semi-keep the Bears in the game if there was any hope that uh, maybe there'd be some fumbles or something. But Vikings weren't going to blow this one at home. No way. Or on the road. If they were up by this much, they weren't going to blow it. It was kind of like the Oakland game. <coughs> Excuse me. Color and Forte, the main cogs for that Bears offense, connecting on a play there that ultimately, well, it got the Bears on the, got the Bears a little bit more on the board there. And that was about it for them. And that, was, yeah, and that pretty much wraps up the game. I mean, a fun, entertaining overall game for the Vikings. Decent protection for Bridgewater. In fact, pretty good. Just on a couple couple plays here and there, he was getting rushed. And that was uh, a struggle as I continue to try not to cough to death. I don't know. It's like my voice gets all dry because I'm going 100 miles an hour here. <laughs> oh, I do apologize. But um, boy, oh boy. Thank God for the cough button, right? The, the cough button. I don't even know what I was talking about, do I? But uh, yeah, overall, just a complete team effort for the Vikings. An overall positive game. You got a nice pass rush against Dave Cutler. You got nice pass protection for Teddy Bridgewater. We were able to run the ball reasonably, but ultimately just a fantastic passing game for Teddy Bridgewater and getting so many guys involved. Everybody felt like they were involved in this one. Like Wallace has to feel super good after that one, after that big 34-yard play. And Bridgewater has to feel awesome after being able to complete that. I mean, that was all, well, it was both of them. You know, it was Wallace getting up and making the catch. Bridgewater, it, it was all on one play. There was no yard after catch type of thing. That's what that's what my point is. It was all like a one-two type of play. That's what was exciting about it, in a sense. You were able to complete a long pass, and um, Wallace was able to make the reception on it. And it was perfect. Perfect. Now just do that again. 
Do that against the Packers in Lambeau Field. Do it in the end zone. You know, 45 yards. Make it, you know, like, let's make the score 21 to, or excuse me, 28 to 24 with about with about 15 seconds left in the game. Something like that, you know. Or let's make it like 31 to 17. Something like that, right? With about with about a minute left in the game. Just to, just to say bleep you, Green Bay. We're NFC North champions and we're, well, we're the third seed because we can't catch Arizona anymore. But hey, we'll be the third seed. Huh? Huh? Maybe even might host a game in the NFC Championship game if we go that far and uh, there's a <laughs> there's some type of upset along the way. <clears throat> as long as it's not the Giants, I suppose, right? <laughs> but I'd feel more confident hosting the Giants than going to New York, I suppose. We don't want to go there ever again in a playoff game as long as we live ever. For those of you that are over like, you know, let's say over 23 to 25-ish. Of course, I'm 36, so... I know that game pretty well as already an adult. Uh, Vikings 12 yards for the day, 350. The Bears managed to get almost 300, but, uh, well, they had a couple of good stretches, but ultimately it was nothing much they could do about nothing much they could do about it as the Vikings, uh, the Vikings were just determined to win this game, and they outplayed the Bears in just about everything. In fact, pretty much everything. Uh, 8 for 12 and third down efficiency. Bears only 5 for 12. Stuff like that. Very exciting indeed. So... Let's pass out the awards, I suppose. I mean, Fran Tarkin in the award, it's got to be Teddy Bridgewater, the franchise quarterback. We can call him that, hopefully, right? We'd like to see this happen in a postseason game. We'd like to see him show up Seattle, just like, uh, <laughs> we'd like to see the you know him put up numbers like this against uh, Seattle, just like uh, Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl. And you could say Seattle was in it all the way to the stretch and, and that New England got lucky, but Tom Brady still threw for... An, an insane amount of yards, an immoral amount of yards. There was so many. If you're a Seattle fan, which I pray to God you're not, and he threw for four touchdowns in that game. So whatever. So whatever Seahawks fans on that one. I mean, that was a huge, <laughs> huge performance by Tom Brady, and that's why they won the championship even more than there was a little bit of luck, but also really good coaching and players being where they needed to be at the right time. That's how you win. That's how you win. Playoff games, that's how you win championships, baby. There you go. Uh, Christian Ponder Memorial? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's certainly not going to be a Teddy Bridgewater Memorial when it comes to that. Am I, uh, you know, <laughs> if he hoists a Super Bowl championship someday, maybe many years down the road, it'll be the Teddy Bridgewater uh, Award someday if he's a world champion. That's how he could uh, unseat Fran Tarkenton for the award. But uh, Christian Ponder, I can't really go as much on this one. I can't really go with much. I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the injuries, we'll say. It sucks seeing Adrian Peterson hurt his ankle, but ho- hopefully he's all right and he'll be ready to go against New York and ultimately Green Bay. If he's out for a week against New York just to heal up, okay, that's one thing. But uh, as long as he's ready for Green Bay, that would be really, really nice to know. It would be fantastic. Uh, the injuries to... Harrison Smith, Linval Joseph, and Anthony Barr. That really sucks, and they're going to need to. We're going to really need them by Lambeau Field, man. If we can beat the Giants next week without them, okay, more power to us. Let's get healthier. Let's get ready to go for some playoff action, which is coming pretty soon, because I think it is. <laughs> Ultimately, even though things may not head our direction today in, in the clinching factor, but they'll happen next week. I gotta think. You just win a game, you're going to get in. So uh, ultimately. Um, I'm it's gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with the injuries on this one when it comes to uh, Christian Pond Memorial. So let's wrap up this segment. I hope it wasn't too much of a mess. I'm kind of hyper, kind of excited. 
just a feel-good thing. I mean, when you see your quarterback play that well, you feel damn good. And you know he's a real quarterback. He's not like a Culpepper. As good as Culpepper was, he could put up passing numbers up the charts. He could get you so excited. But there was something about him that... There was something about him that was missing. And whatever it is, Teddy Bridgewater has it, in, in my humble opinion. Might not have the sexiest numbers, but I think he's got the... I think he's got the... I think he's got the leadership skills and he, just the natural quarterback vibe to him that I never really quite felt from Culpepper. I don't know. Just read between the lines on that one. It just is what it is. Teddy Bridgewater, I love you. Keep it up. That's, all, that's about where I'm going to stand with that. So let's take a break and let's hop into that NFL uh, roundup, NFC North roundup, all that good stuff. We'll be back to enjoy some pretty good times in segment number two. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. You're on Purple Mafia, segment number two. It is time for the NFC North Roundup and NFL Roundup. So let's get started right away. Boy, look at those, uh, <laughs> look at the New England Patriots taking care of business against the Tennessee Titans. Not much of a challenge there. Not really all that much to say about that one. Patriots just a better team and getting a win they needed to get. They're now 12-2 and two and pretty much are ready for... <laughs> Ready to hopefully get that top seed in the AFC. That's what that's what they're hoping for anyway. Cincinnati is the closest team to knocking on the door there. We'll talk about how that's kind of... Uh, we'll talk about the, how the playoff picture is starting to take shape there in the AFC in a second. Uh, Houston beating Indianapolis 16-10? to Hmm. I guess that's the end of the Colts. Well, maybe, maybe not. The, the Texans are now 7-7. Seven and seven, And the Colts are down to 6-8. and eight. Hmm. Bill O'Brien? Well, it, it looks like it's working out. At this point in time, they're three and one in their division, seven and seven. They might be the other uh, quiet division in the <laughs> in the NFL. They're the AFC's version of it, AFC South, and in the uh, and in the NFC, it's the NFC East, which has probably never happened. Uh, Carolina Panthers and New York Gi- Giants. The Giants basically gave them everything they got. They made a nice comeback. They stayed in it. They just couldn't finish the job. Kind of funny how that kind of stuff turns out. I remember how the Patriots. <laughs> barely beat the Giants in the final game of the season to finish 16-0. Well, the Panthers are now 14-0, so who knows. But unfortunately, I don't think the Giants are going to end up making the playoffs the way things are shaping up. They've lost too many games in a row now. They've dug themselves too much of a hole. They're 6-8. and eight. Well, I suppose they're only one game behind the Redskins. So we'll see what happens. They're not totally out yet. Um, continue to bounce around a bit. Buffalo, Washington, the Redskins trying to cement themselves in the division lead there in the AFC East, and they're in it, or NFC East, and they're in it right now. 
seven and seven, and the Bills, for all intents and purposes, are out at six and eight. Atlanta finally won a game, and it was against Jacksonville. Yay! <laughs> they finally beat somebody. Jacksonville Jaguars. They're seven and seven. They're still alive. They're still alive. They were there ahead of Tampa Bay and the Saints and teams like that and the Rams. All that. So they're still hanging in there. They're even ahead of the Eagles. So <laughs> there you go. Kansas City, they're probably going to make it. The Kansas City Chiefs most likely going to make it. They're 9-5, and five, just like, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> just like just like the team locally here, the, the Vikings. They, they even have a chance to win the AFC West over the Denver Broncos right now, who've lost a couple games in a row. Hmm, go figure with that one. I'll come back in a second. Seattle crushes Green, uh, Green Bay, yeah, right. <laughs> Seattle crushes Cleveland, whatever. They're 9-5, and five, and they're in the playoffs instead of us so far. Oh, goody. So the Vikings are probably going to wind up with only the sixth seed unless things take a pretty interesting turn here. Uh, the AFC playoff situation is starting to get very interesting as Pittsburgh made a nice comeback and took care of Denver. Denver did what they... Denver tried as they might. They couldn't finish the job. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're also 9-5. and five. Don't, I don't think they're going to win that division in the AFC North, but hmm, they're really <laughs> coming on strong and a lot of people are pretty worried about them going into the postseason. They're kind of the AFC Seattle right now. Watch out, big time. Uh, one of the more meaningless games, San Diego crushes Miami, though it might be their last game in San Diego, as a lot of people think they're going to be moving to Los Angeles. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Kind of sad. I, I feel bad. It, it was nice to have a team in San Diego. They really uh, did a tribute to their fans, crushing Miami 30-14, to kind of like the North Stars did here years ago. Uh, Cincinnati taking care of San Francisco in the 1988 rematch, right? <laughs> Winning their 11th game. They're 11 and 3 right now, so they're probably going to have their best record since back then, back in those days, long, long ago. And Arizona taking care of business against Philadelphia, putting the Eagles very much in. Uh, well, they're not out, but they're very much on the brink now of elimination. Six and eight, and Arizona coasting in the NFC right now, or at least they would be if it wasn't for the freaking Carolina Panthers. They're 12 and 2. They're probably going to get the bye, most likely. Um, unless Green Bay somehow like goes 12 and four and Arizona loses their last two, but we'll we'll hopefully have something to say about that. Um, so now we finally get to the NFC North roundup. Well, one of the games hasn't happened yet. That's New Orleans hosting the Detroit Lions. So had to had to get this show out. Couldn't really wait for that one. It's not the end of the world if that show doesn't come out uh, on time. I don't think either one of them is going to make the postseason. <laughs> I think it's extremely unlikely. In fact, Detroit's most. I mean, is out there. They, they've lost nine games. They're dead. Uh, the the New York Jets beat Dallas in the first Saturday game of the year. As we're getting late in the season, once once it starts to give it about Christmas week, you start getting some Saturday games, and then you have Saturday games until until the uh, conference championship. So that's it's it's kind of fun. That's when you know you're getting into the end here, and these games start to really mean something. At least they did for the Jets. They're nine and five. They're really starting to get there. Uh, but yeah, Denver losing again. That was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Is that boy that. <laughs> Things are really shaping up for a possible, uh, well, you got the New England Patriots number one, but the Cincinnati Bengals probably are going to get the number two seed in the AFC, which means they'll be in the second round for the first time in, well, yeah, yeah, I've said it a thousand times, but (laughs) the first time in 27 years. Congratulations, Cincinnati. It's about time you made it to the... uh, Second round, you didn't have to. You didn't have to even even play a game, but I guess that's what it took. It took one of those type of seasons where you didn't even have to play a game. Now that's unofficial at this stage. Obviously, you got you got three weeks left, but Cincinnati probably is going to end up wrapping that up the way I the way I that's that's my belief right there. Uh, St. Louis beat Tampa Bay, knocking Tampa Bay most likely out of the playoffs. It's unofficial, but most likely it was a ketchup and mustard game on Thursday night. 
A lot of these Thursday night matchups are not the best because everybody has to play a Thursday night game. So that's just kind of how it goes. At least one Thursday night game a year, and uh, St. Louis will be, or yeah, Mustard ended up beating Ketchup. And you know what? Mustard's always been better than Ketchup as far as I'm concerned. I put Mustard on fries before I put Ketchup. Yeah. I'm one of those kind of guys. <laughs> I'm kind of different, aren't I? Okay, let's, uh, I was bouncing a little bit there. Um, Green Bay and Oakland. Oh, come on, Raiders. You just couldn't take care of business, could you? You just couldn't. Call it the Coliseum over there, the, the OCO. That's what they call it, I guess. <laughs> Interesting name, right? They're 6-8. and eight. They're pretty much out, and that sucks. Because I, I like that team. I like the Raiders. They're kind of fun, you know? And I hopefully next year they, they end up... Uh, playing better and making the playoffs. They actually had more first downs than the Packers. They had more total yards than the Packers. They had the same amount of turnovers as the Packers. Uh, oh, but what a surprise. You know, it's just, what a surprise. Green Bay goes on and wins anyway. D- damn it. <laughs> fourth down efficiency. Crackers didn't even have to face a fourth down. Um, hmm, just one of these kind of games, I guess. It, Oakland kind of just couldn't finish the job. It's unfortunate. Multiple turnovers in this game. You had, uh, uh, interception from Aaron Rodgers. You had a two interceptions from Derek Carr. Rodgers and his receivers still out of sync, which I do think will be their downfall in the postseason. I don't think they could beat Carolina. I don't think they could beat Seattle. I hate the Seattle Seahawks, but I don't think Green Bay could beat them. have to give you my honest opinion. I don't like Green Bay or Seattle, but I'm just saying, I'm giving you my honest opinion who'd probably win that game. I'm not rooting for Seattle to beat anybody. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'm, I'm really not. Not that I'm rooting for Green Bay to beat anybody either. Uh, not an attractive team at all. They just won an ugly game. Uh, James Jones was the best of the receivers, even though he misses like 700 catches, but he was pretty good in this one. He ended up catching 6 of 9 for 82 yards and a touchdown. He just kind of was the best player, I guess, in terms of the receiving core. Randall Cobb was definitely a factor as well, but not not, not as much. He was kind of like the <laughs> he was kind of like the Mike Wallace, I suppose, for that club. Uh, in Green Bay at this stage. Uh, James Starks, Eddie Lacy. It's a mess. Starks lost a fumble. He did have a 25-yard run, but overall only rushed the ball seven times. Eddie Lacy rushed the ball 11 times or only 23 yards. Just not a pretty team right now are the Packers, yet they just keep winning games. Why? I don't know. They just do, I guess, and, and it's frustrating. Uh, taking an early lead will do that too, though, in the first quarter. The Packers wound up getting multiple uh, touchdowns within a minute there because right after John Kuhn uh, rushed in for a touchdown. That's the fullback of Green Bay. Then you have uh, Marius Randall getting a pick six on Derek Carr. That kind of changed the whole momentum of the whole game, and the Raiders had to play from behind most of the time until they <laughs> until they made a nice uh, comeback into that third quarter, the second and third quarter. They did all the scoring in the second quarter, and then ended up taking the lead on a, on a nice pass from Carr to Cooper, 20-17, to 17, but then it's just right away. Immediately, the Packers just right, just race down that field like it's nothing. Then they just add two field goals in the fourth, and the Raiders' offense can't do jack diddly bleep. And that was the end of the that was the end of the Raiders, unfortunately. The, the end of their season for now. I mean, they'll they'll keep playing, but the end of their playoff lives, I gotta think. And the Packers are well, they're at least the number three seed in the NFC. Yay! <laughs> oh goody. So, well, I guess that's, that's the sad part. That's it for the NFC North Roundup because Detroit didn't play and then Minnesota and Chicago played. So, yeah, I kind of cheated, didn't I? That was kind of short. Hmm. Uh-oh, what do I do now? I guess I don't do all that much. I just talk about some things here and there. Um, I kind of already talked about the Steelers. I already talked about the Bengals, the whole Steelers-Bengals. I think the Bengals will win that division and get a first-round bye. That's what I believe is going to happen. Denver still has a chance, but they're starting to run into a wall a little bit. Uh, 
Cincinnati's schedule is easier, too. Surprise, surprise. I mean, Denver's had a couple of uh, really strong seasons in a row there. Peyton Manning's getting pissed off, wishing he was a, uh, you know, he does not want to be the backup to Osweiler. I don't know. It's like, whatever, man. Even though they lost a couple games, it's like, whatever. Seriously. What, what, what are you going to do? I mean, the Packers, or the Broncos played a hell of a lot better with Osweiler in there. I'm not sure they were playing fine with Peyton Manning in there, but that's because their defense is the best in the NFL. Ah, I don't know where to go with that one, to be quite honest. So maybe I'm going to call this one a short second uh, segment. This is probably the shortest second segment in a while. <laughs> because really, I mean, Arizona's what they are. They're going to be the number two seed. Seattle's in the playoffs. Great. Carolina's 14-0. and That's just great. They're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs until they get to the Super Bowl, because that's a, obviously we know what that is, an even grown game. Uh, Vikings... Let's just say there's almost no chance they're gonna miss they're gonna miss the playoffs. Almost no chance. I mean nine and five, come on. They're gonna get in. And I gotta think the Vikings will beat the New York Giants. So that's not the end of the segment. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm losing my mind here. Because the Vikings do have to play the Giants and I do have to preview that game, don't I? So better just get into that right now. <laughs> this is usually why the show is longer because I get into the, the preview and they take forever. Uh Carolina, New York Giants. I don't know why I did that first. That's what threw me off. What the hell? Why did I do that? Uh, and also, by the way, it's infamous. Uh, this is a game you got. You got to beat that. Uh, you got to beat that NBC Sunday Night Football curse. You got to beat it. You have to do it, man. You have to do it, or the Vikings could be in trouble. You don't want to finish nine and seven. You want to finish at least ten and six here, or hopefully eleven and five. God willing. Uh, Giants put up quite an effort against Carolina. They are still alive. They had to beat Carolina to prevent themselves from being at, at, at best eight and eight on the season. Uh, Manning looked pretty good, though. Four touchdowns, only one interception, and of course, golly, Cam Newton, five touchdowns. He did lose a fumble, but five touchdowns. Kind of a rough blow, kind of a rough game. He passed, like, the whole game. I don't know what the hell. I mean, just a, overall a shootout between these two teams. You, in the past, think of these as defensive teams, but this was a flat-out shootout between both of these clubs. Very entertaining game, but a kind of a frustrating one if you're not cheering for Carolina. But then again, I, I don't know. I mean, you don't really have a huge amount of rooting interest in this one. Uh, Rashad Jennings looks like a damn good running back, and that's the guy we have to go up against coming up on Sunday. But if there's anybody to fear more than anyone else, it's Odell Beckham and, of course, Mr. P- Mr. Eli Manning. I mean, o- Odell Beckham is one of the best receivers in all of football. You gotta think it's gonna be Xavier Rose and Odell Beckham. That's gonna be a pretty nice matchup, and hopefully, hopefully you can have Harrison Smith back in there. But hey, Harris did a hell of a job. Maybe you can do it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Harris, I think deserves some some snaps out there, but I don't know. I mean, Harrison Smith has kind of made a name for himself. He's a Pro Bowl safety, and uh, you really need to you you need your best secondary against this pass uh, against this pass offense. Would really, really be nice to have Anthony Barr back in there as well. It's kind of an unknown right now. I mean, these guys have missed a hell of a lot of games. Uh, this Diane offense clearly is capable of clearly capable of cutting through people. I mean, this Carolina defense is no joke, and they scored thirty-five points against them. Yes, it was a it was a home game for the Giants, but still thirty-five points. And, and Manning obviously is what he is. I mean, I I think personally he is a Hall of Fame player. A lot of people out there may not, and a lot of people do. It's kind of debatable. He's got two rings. He's been insanely clutch. And you know what? His statistics are pretty good. <laughs> if you want to look at his stats, they're pretty good. I mean, 32 touchdown passes this year. Almost 4,000 yards already. In fact, he'll probably eclipse it because he only needs 100 yards to do it on Sunday. Put it this way. If he doesn't get to 4,000 on Sunday, boy, 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 we kick their butts. <laughs> and maybe the Vikings defense will do just that. And that's the hope. 
if the Vikings defense really comes out firing and, and, and is able to get to Eli Manning, it's, it's game over for the Giants. But if Carolina can't even get a single sack against the Giants, mm, I don't know. Uh, Eli Manning is probably going to put up some yardage in this one, and that scares me a little bit. And the Giants' back is against the wall, all that. That scares me a little bit. Because the Giants, when their back is against the wall, that's, that's when they're scariest. <laughs> they almost beat the Panthers, man. So, I don't know. It just wasn't a playoff game. Uh, I don't know what to make of this one. I, I'm going to... I do believe the Vikings will win, but... It's that Sunday night NBC thing that scares me as well. And plus, again, the fact that the Giants are playing, or the, the Giants are, you know, their back is against the wall, and that's when they're at their best. That's what scares me the most about this game. That's what scared me about Seattle and about Atlanta earlier this year. And both of those went two completely different directions, just like a stock that's about to, like, explode or collapse. It's a scary game, guys. Scary. Um, very scary. But I will pick a Vikings victory, because they should win this game. To me, I think there's no excuse. you got to end this NBC curse nonsense. you got to beat the Giants on Sunday night. And I hate these night games so much, because it delays the release of the show and all that. But it just is what it is. I mean, we're, we're talking like probably, we, this show won't come out until like Wednesday-ish next week. <laughs> but it is what it is, right? Um, oh, boy. I, I think the Vikings are going to continue to score. What what has me confident right now is how sharp Teddy Bridgewater is, and I think he will be very sharp. This is his opportunity to shine on Sunday night football, and I think he will do that. Adrian Peterson, I think, will have a strong game as well, if his ankle is healthy. Um, you're going to see Jarek McKinnon mixed in. I mean, I say keep doing what you're doing, spread the ball around, and you know, keep keep hopefully keep the chemistry building with Mike Wallace. It only took to like the thirteenth week or something, but hey, you know, keep it coming, keep it coming, guys. Just just keep it coming. <laughs> Mike Wallace and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, if, as, as long as Bridgewater is sharp and the Vikings can get some type of pass rush, knock knock the ball away. I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence in the Vikings secondary because they held their own against Atlanta, Seattle. That was just a that was more of they couldn't stop Russell from running around. That's pretty much what the case was there. Uh, Russell's just one of those crazy players, and the Seattle Seahawks are one of the, are, are on a mission right now. As much as I hate them, they are on a mission, and there was just no stopping them in that game. I don't think that's going to be quite the case this time around, but. Mm. This is where I get crazy, is games like this. Ooh, but I, I, I'm going to go out on a, well, it's not really a limb, but because they should win this game. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win it uh, by a final score of 28-24. It's going to be very close. It's going to be very scary. Uh, but I think Zimmer's defense will win the day uh, at the end. Peyton Manning will not be able to complete, or Peyton Manning, Eli Manning will not be able to complete a, uh, certain passes at certain times because the, the secondary will get the job done or there will be a, a last-minute pass rush on him that'll make him hurry and, and not complete the pass. That's kind of what I think is going to happen on this one. I think the, the Giants will have, will, be, will, will have a chance to win the game at the end, but the Vikings defense will finish the job. Uh, it'll be a back-and-forth type of battle. Teddy Bridgewater is going gonna, is gonna to put up yards, but he's also going to get the pass rush once again from this New York Giants team. Um, uh, obviously, the biggest fear is the passing game. Uh, the Giants have a decent running back, but obviously Eli Manning and, and Odell Beckham are more dangerous. That's that's what's going to put the points on the board, in my opinion. But the Vikings secondary will end up be, uh, containing this offense enough to help the Vikings win the game. And at the end of the day, 28-24, I think Bridgewater will complete uh, two touchdown passes in this game, at least. I, I, would, I would hope for that, and at least 200 yards. Nothing sexy, but good enough to help the Vikings win and go 10-5 and, and ensure themselves a postseason berth 
in the NFC playoffs, the wild card round. So there you go. That's my that's my take. <laughs> like it or not, it is what it is. We're going to take a break and come back and hear from Brent Jacobson and the rest of you on the Fan Interaction segment. Yeah, message for Joey and Purple Mafia. Wow. Where was that a couple weeks ago against the, the green and gold team that I dislike, that we all dislike? Where was that a couple weeks ago against Seattle? Man, today's performance was beautiful. Love how the offense played. Love how the defense played. Teddy looked like a keeper that I knew he was. And, and had a little scare there with Peterson in the ankle. Hopefully that's nothing major for next week and the week after. Who knows? Probably by the time we kick the field next Sunday night, we'll have already clinched the playoff spot. I don't know all the scenarios, but hey. So, this definitely, we're definitely a playoff team. This is going to be fun. I selfishly hope for a home game in January or two. Ooh, well, because I work as an usher at the game, so it'll be money in my pocket if we do have a home game or two in January. So, in closing, Merry Christmas to all the purple. Along the Purple Mafia. Skull Vikes, let's beat the damn Giants and kick the cheesehead's ass in a couple weeks. Skull Vikes, Merry Christmas and catch y'all next week. And I thank you so much again for that call, Brent. Jacobson, I love you very much. Uh, out of Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you very much for, uh, <laughs> for that call. Very cool. And uh, this is again the fan interaction segment, segment number three. Yep. Um, yeah, where was this anyway? You know, it, it 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 always turns out that way, doesn't it? Where you get the big teams, the bright lights, all that, and then you get you get just a flat performance. Teddy Bridgewater looks scared, and then the, the offensive line doesn't protect him at all, and this and that, and and you can't complete the pass to Mike Wallace, and Adrian Peterson can't break loose, blah 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 blah, and then you play the Raiders, you play the Bears, you play teams like that, and the Atlanta Falcons. And it's like forty-one to forty-one to zero. Okay, not quite that bad, but it might as well have been, right? <laughs> Thirty-eight seventeen is pretty damn good, even though Cutler's been extremely sharp this year. Ah, uh, you know, it, it it is kind of a heartbreaker how things turn out that way. And gosh, I wanted to open up by saying Merry Christmas back to you as well, Brent. We really appreciate you very much. And um, again, Merry Christmas to all of you out there in the Purple Mafia family that listen to this show. I want to thank you so much for your support, and I'll continue to say that at the end there. Um, no, totally understand how you'd like a little extra money with the home games. I hope I hope something like that could still happen. If the Vikings can beat the Packers, yeah, then they'll have at least one home game because if you're the number three seed, uh, the second game can't be because it would be a first-round buy for someone else because there's, there's no way we can catch Arizona now. We can only win 11. They can only lose five if you get the idea. We can only tie, and we know who won that tiebreaker thanks to the old strip sack. Luckily, we were able to uh, kind of get, get one this past week, but... It was already kind of a, 
I mean, it was a game that was already kind of not doing so hot anyway for the Chicago Bears. It wasn't like at the last second. We need to do that to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Or if it takes if it takes that that much, do it to Eli Manning in TCF Bank Stadium. It'll be the final uh, regular season home game in TCF Bank Stadium. I won't say it'll be the final home game in TCF Bank Stadium just yet before we go to U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> but, uh, man, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, the scenarios pretty much are Atlanta's still alive, but we have a tiebreaker over them, so... I don't know. I don't even know how, how they can get in. I would consider them out, wouldn't you? Because the Vikings can only lose seven games, and Atlanta's already lost seven games. So the Falcons should be out, right? If Seattle's in, Falcons should be out. I'm kind of confused by that one, but is it the... Uh, no, they're 0-4 in their division. We're 4-1. So, hmm. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Seattle's already in, though. Oh, freaking goody. It's more or less... Mm, I don't know. Honest to God, I really don't know. Because the NFC East, only one team's going to make it. And that's whoever wins the division. Philadelphia, Washington, or the New York Giants. Still alive, staying alive, staying alive. And we'll just kind of let that play out the next the next two weeks here, I suppose. Two weeks. I kept I, I saying three weeks. I don't know why, but two weeks. Two weeks remaining. It was three weeks. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. Um, Minnesota, though, right now. Wow, that's funny. If if the playoffs started today, Minnesota would be at Green Bay, so it would be just like 2012. Mm, man, Minnesota at Green Bay, and then Washington would be hosting Seattle. Wow, well, go Redskins, damn it. <laughs> I hate Seattle, man. That's funny. You win a wildcard game, or you, you win your division, you get home field, and I remember how Seattle beat New Orleans one year when they were only 7-9, and nine, and then last year the Carolina Panthers at 7-9 and nine beat Arizona, who was, what, 11-5 and five last year? Carson Palmer was hurt. Otherwise, Arizona would have kicked their butts, man. Um, I hope Arizona does kick their butts this year. God, I hope so. <laughs> I would love that. Um, okay, but no, that was a really cool call, Brent. Thank you very much, and keep calling. You're always, always, always welcome. And usually I delay the show enough nowadays to let people get their calls in or their comments in on the Facebook page, which I need to jump to now, a Facebook page for the sake of time here. I always continue where I left off, so I posted that the newest show was out, Close But No Cigar. Um Mr. Uh, Leland Albertson was saying, great show, per usual, another big game this weekend. And yeah, to, to get to the Purple Mafia page on Facebook, simply type in Purple Mafia, Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings Show on Facebook. You'll find it. Click on the one that says Company, not Group, if there's still a group out there. I made a group many years ago, but I switched everything over to the Facebook page. So get there, click like on the Facebook page. Gerald String says, thanks for the gold star, Joey. Much appreciated. Thanks for putting in the work. Just really enjoy your takes. I can always sense the love for the Broncos, LMAO, and it just makes me laugh. Kind of cool that everyone has a few team, uh, other teams we like to root for, and we don't always have to agree. That's what makes you so special and unique and fun. However, I am with you 100% on supporting the Cardinals. Yep, the Cards. If the Vikings can't get it done, that would be a cool team to go the distance for sure. And at minimum, get to the Super Bowl, yes. Because um, the Patriots are my second favorite team. Like, oh, Gerald's favorite, second favorite team is the Broncos. I really don't dislike the Broncos that much. It's just more of the competition for the Patriots over there in the AFC. <laughs> so that's kind of why. And, yeah, I, I think it's really enjoyable to have a second team. You don't have to go ape bleep about it like some people out there. Ugh, some people go ape bleep about, like, four or five different teams and. Eh, well, that's you, I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't go there. Um, I love I love slash like the Patriots, but the Vikings are my team at the end of the day. Vikings-Patriots in the Super Bowl. Vikings, 100%. End of story. 
uh, it'd be sad to see the Patriots lose, but it'd be even much, it would be 10 times sadder to see the Vikings lose. I don't know. I mean, I would lose my mind, you know. So, uh, Mark Carlson in Iowa says, late games have never been a Viking specialty, but I really enjoyed Purple Mafia episode 205, Close But No Cigar, as Paladino Joy presented the facts and stats. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Mark, from Iowa. And Gerald's from Nebraska there. And Gerald, and I was saying, I don't want to sound mushy, but man, I love you guys. I can't thank you enough for your love and support for the Pro Mafia show. You keep me going, because you guys really do keep me going, by the way. Without you guys, you know, I would have... <sighs> I, I, I would have probably hung this up maybe two years ago if it wasn't for you guys. Seriously. I'm, I'm dead serious, because sometimes it gets frustrating, the ebb and flow of listenership. It, it, it goes up and down with the, with the way this team is. This is a very bandwagon fan base. You guys are not bandwagon. That's what keeps me going. <laughs> and you're definitely not bandwagon with the Purple Mafia uh, podcast either. But um, I, I don't know. It's really hot and cold. And every fan base has that. But boy, is it a big, big ebb and flow with the, with the Vikings because of the frustration over like 60, uh, not 60, but 50 some years now with this club can, uh, can, can, can get to people. Uh, Mark says, honestly, I get, I get the same vibes. It picks me up to hear the show. Love the rambling, <laughs> especially the history. Remember, I am an old guy and I laugh out loud and smile a mile with you, Joey. Respect. And yeah, I love talking about history, too. And I kind of bounce around. Sometimes it's recent history, sometimes it's 80s history, and sometimes it goes all the way back into the 60s. Like, I can kind of go anywhere. and That's just kind of who, who I am. I'm kind of random sometimes. And I think that's actually... I think that's what makes a good radio show. It, it's not even about, I want to make a good radio show. It's just kind of... That's that's the that's what interests me, quite honestly. And I have a good feeling that's what interests a lot of you out there as well. So thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Gerald String says, I I just don't like the insincere attitude of the mainstream shows. We all know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy that sings about 80% of his show. He just kind of sings and then and then his producer... Like constantly makes these idiotic weird Al type songs. They're they're just they're not that good, and it's because and partially because it's these, yeah. Well, it's a certain generation of music that I don't enjoy. <clears throat> now I'm now I'm getting worse. Uh, Gerald says your show is cool to allow everyone a chance to just expand upon the team we love. There really aren't any wrong takes on your show. At least you are sincere and honest, and don't try to talk down to your listeners. Yep. I feel comfortable giving you my takes, and you don't always agree, but you're honest with your opinions in such a cool and professional way that is very respectful, and that's what makes you cool in my book. I honestly enjoy everyone's takes, even if I don't always agree 100%. Mostly, though, lately, we have all pretty much been on the same page. Thanks, Joey, for putting in the extra time and work on the show. I look forward to it each week. Yep, I mean, I, I man, you could you couldn't have said that better, and that, that means a hell of a lot. It, it really does. <laughs> and there's some more coming, but I'm gonna say too. Yeah, I mean, it, there are a lot of mean, <laughs> especially the post game shows out there. They talk down to people, and I I don't know what's going on with Mackie and Morris. They're getting kind of meaner and meaner. And Corey Cove is the meanest son of a bitch. You know, I I I, I don't know, man. I don't like that guy at all. I didn't like him one time when I even called in many years ago to KFAN. And he was just like some newbie. Like, who is this guy being a jerk to me? Who is he? I, I couldn't get over it. So, yeah, screw Corey Koff. Screw you if you're listening. Okay, um, Leland Albertson wrapping this up saying, Agreed, I'm also an older fan. In fact, my first game was December 21st, 1974. Oh, I love this. Playoff game versus the cards. I was nine. It was... 
It was too below and snowy. Oh, I love that. But Chuck Foreman and Tarkin kept us warm with joy as we won. Again, thanks for the purple pride shown by you, Joey, and the great fan interactions. Leland from Iowa. Yep. So he's also from Iowa. There you go. Boy, that I have a nice, uh, I have a nice fan base from Iowa, huh? Really, that, that's cool, and, and, I, and it's, it's awesome to know that there's a lot of Viking fans down there because I know there's Packer fans and Chiefs fans because it's kind of in the middle there. There might even be some Bears fans mixed in. Wouldn't surprise me at all because it's kind of yeah, it's kind of in the middle there, uh, kind of by everybody. I love Iowa. I, I haven't been there in many years. It's been like I haven't been there. Yeah, I, I won't even say the year. I don't want to embarrass myself. It's kind of been it's been too long, way too long. Um, man. <laughs> I love that, though. That two below in the... Oh, how cool must that have been? Oh, I so, so wish I could have been there. Seriously. Because I'm, I'm 36. I, a big part of me wishes I was a little older. Seriously, because of that, I would have loved to have seen that that uh, that stadium. I saw it, but it was, like, already shut down, you know, in, the in like, 84, 85-ish by the airport there. I still remember looking at it from a distance and thinking, that's kind of interesting, all those colors, those squares or whatever. Hmm. <laughs> And yeah, it's gone now. Because uh, my parents used to take us to the airport and uh, like by the airport so we could watch planes. It was by the airport, not in the airport. It was just kind of on the road there. And there was this old place. In fact, we might have actually gone to the stadium, I think, the parking lot. That might be why I remember that building. Gives me tears, man. Um, and I was saying all the same guys are out again. Yay. Harry, Linval, and Barr got a win today. I do believe there's a comment. Yep, Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, saying this does suck, but getting these key players some rest and still kicking the Bears' ass, I'm good with that. And you know what? Amen. Hallelujah to that. And I didn't click like, and now I just did. I apologize, Dave, for that. That comment kind of got lost in there, but and I, I apologize because of all the in-game and post-game stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yep, Leland was saying, yep, and Dave was saying, way to go, D. He says, Diggsy, baby. He's the steal of the draft. It's Teddy time for him to it's for him to start using his weapons. Go, Vikes. Brett McCarthy was also saying, Diggs is having a good game. And, you know, doesn't it feel good to know that we have a legitimate wide receiver on this roster now? And you know what? I, I think Mike, Mike Wallace is a legitimate wide receiver, but for some strange bleeping reason, uh, Bridgewater and him can't connect, but Diggs, that guy... <laughs> he is he, he is a godsend to this franchise. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. That young man is a godsend to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Leland was saying, yep, I think I already said this, but no doubt who gets the targeting award today. And yep, it was Teddy. It was Teddy. Too much time for Teddy, as people like to say. Oh, and I lost where I was. Good job, Joe. Good job. Good job. Uh, Dave was saying, very nice game for Teddy. Leland says, love the Teddy chants. Yep, oh, I missed it so much. Yeah, because it, it got kind of quiet. I remember last year they did it a lot, and whenever you heard it, that guy picked up his game like like uh, like like no tomorrow, looked like a franchise savior, like like I think he can be, and my goodness. Uh, Tony Coleman with a Star Wars uh, lightsaber there in his profile picture says, it was a rough couple weeks there, but... It's nice to see our team back in full force. Yep, there's the force. They, they were using the force too, huh? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, and I'm going to wait to see this, the movie because it's kind of probably too hard to get there. I'll probably watch it like much later. I know that's kind of dorky, but it's Christmas season. And yeah, I mean, it's Christmas week. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I get I get pissed off when there's too many crowds and I can't like park the car, you know that type of stuff. Park the car and then you can't even get in because it's sold out. You know all you know all that stuff. So I'm probably gonna wait for like a while, like a long while. So yeah, I'll I'll watch it eventually. Um, 
Brett McCarthy saying nice game for them after a bad couple of outings. Yep. And then Dave saying that truly was a friend performance by Teddy. Way to go, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Absolutely. Now for the official post-game thoughts, comments. Justin Mayer Henry says, Teddy for the Fran Tarkenton Award with the stats to match. Tarkenton himself. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to have our full D back on the field. Yeah, and that'll be amazing when that does happen. Brett McCarthy says, nice game. A nice game. Way to spread the ball around Norv. Yeah, I agree. Big time, Brett. Uh, Jeff Froyland says, great game. The pundits at ESPN have been saying that Teddy can't put the game on his shoulders without AP, but after these last two games, he should be changing some minds. Let's hope we have Adrian for a long time, too. I don't really, or I really don't care if the if the Vikes win on the ground or in the air. Just that they win. Go Oakland. Ha, skull. And yep, go Oakland indeed. I wish they won. Tony Coleman saying, there's my team. They came out of hiding. Gerald says, Teddy... Two, two great weeks in a row. Probably the best game in career so far. Yeah, and pretty much. Uh, every game from here on out is basically a playoff type of situation. Really happy with the way Bridgewater step up with AP not having a great game. And, of course, having the ankle injury as well. Leland wrapping up this. Well, no, no, he's not. There's two more. Uh, Leland saying, good confidence builder. Now, next week, might be a fight since both teams have playoff hopes. Uh-huh. And it's, a, and it's time to break that night game jinx. And yes, my vote for Tarkenton Ward has to go to Teddy with that O-line. Again, second in the running. Hmm. Let's see. They have really stepped it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they played much better yesterday, without a doubt. I mean, okay, he had a pass rush a little bit where he had to throw the ball away, but that was like only one of three incomplete passes. So, yeah, they did have a very good game. Uh, Big props to the offensive line. They need to keep it coming, though. Keep it coming. (laughs) Dave Hickey says, it's great to see a game like this. I'd have to say Teddy's best game so far to have a dominant game like this on both sides of the ball without our three best defensive players. The score really didn't show how dominant this performance truly was. Teddy definitely gets the Fran Award. And the ponder, that's hard to call. Maybe Marcus Cheros for all the fair catches, yep, instead of trying to make a play. And the fact that he, too, is a one-dimensional player on special teams. But I like him more than CP, yep, because he is usually the first player down on punt coverage to make the tackles. And when he's not making fair catches, he's making a nice return. Like I said, it's hard to pick the ponder in the game. Let's keep it rolling right into the Packer game. Skull. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> Cordell Patterson, yeah, I mean, that's true. And Marcus Gerald is more of a football player, football mind, we'll call him, than Cordero Patterson. To steal a line from that other show, <laughs> football mind. <laughs> no, I mean, I like... Uh, yeah, I mean, Marcus Sherrill's really, he, he, he's a football player. And what's nice about him and Cordell Patterson is they're a threat to score every time, they, every time they're actually running. They, they really are. They, it's, we have two of the best uh, returners you, you can possibly have right now. And they're not superstars at it, but they're dangerous. That's my whole point. Uh, so that'll wrap up the post-game thoughts. Let's check the visitor posts. And we got some articles, some pictures. Sebastian's got a lot of pictures on here. Brent Jacobson's got something interesting. Okay, we'll start with the Brent Jacobson one here. It's a biggie. He says, unpopular opinion here. I would not be opposed to selling high on Adrian Peterson after the season for the following reasons. One, he's 30 and almost, and most running backs fall after 50, fall off after 50. Two, unlike last season, he's no longer toxic. Three, I suspect seeing the kind of success the Cowboys had last year with Murray and compare that to their season this year with running back by committee. The hodgepodge they utilized Jerry Jones may be more willing to overpay. 
Hmm. Well, the thing is, I don't want to have a hodgepodge here. That's the one thing I'm worried about. But, well, Jared McKinnon can play. Okay, uh, Teddy, see, number four, Teddy and Adrian are somewhat incompatible. Teddy is the future. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's kind of an issue, isn't that? That, that? that is the one thing. For some reason, I, I don't know what it is. It, it might be the whole Mike Wallace syndrome, too, going on there, um, even though it's not same position, but I don't know. It's I don't know what the deal is. I hope they can work that out a little better here, because if they can work, because if they can, boy, is this going to be a hell of a team. Uh, five, Spielman knows that the best teams give up on one guy, give up on a guy one year too early, not one year too late. I'm neutral on the idea, personally. I'm kind of neutral, too. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, people are welcome to comment on that on there. Malcolm did. Uh, he says, I'd like to wait and see how we finish the year. If we make the playoffs and show some promise, we got to keep him. I'd say AP is worth two wins. No coaching staff would get up, give up on that. Yeah, uh, and I didn't even click like. I apologize, Malcolm. That's a good take. Very good take, and Brent, good takes as well. I mean, it's interesting that you brought this up, too. Um, very interesting topic. Well worthy of a long conversation with several people, actually, to be quite honest. And as we head further and further into the offseason, it's going to continue to grow here. What's going to happen with AP? Yes, he's under contract, but we all know what the NFL is. A contract is like a bubble on a needle, man. You know, it, it is. It can vanish just like that. There's always the guaranteed money, and that's what the guys get all pissed off and, and pushy about is the guaranteed money because, well, that's where all the money is, to be quite honest. Now we get to some pictures. Sebastian posting with his new uh, Viking jacket. Gotta love that. Saying, going to TCF skull. My prediction, Minnesota 27, Chicago 23. Luckily, it ended up being a little bit wider spread. Uh, well, Malcolm saying, right on. What's the weather looking like? Sebastian, 40, no wind. And yeah, it was very warm yesterday after this extremely cold week. Ali posts uh, what should be considered a successful season for the Vikings. I posted uh, 11 and 5 are getting to the divisional round. But I know I'm a little bit too harsh. Most people probably would think 10 and 6. And if they if they advance, yeah, or not, either way, it's a successful season. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like, I, I'm I'm satisfied to a point, but not. But I don't feel it's a fully successful season considering where the Vikings were not just a couple of weeks ago. I think his team should get to the second round. Um, Sebastian also posting that, uh, and again, that's an article people should check out from Pro Football Spot as well. Very worth it. And I'm going to I'm going to read it. I'm going to, I got about halfway through. I'm going to read it again. I got interrupted in my break before, and then I forgot about it. So I apologize, Ali, for that. Uh, Sebastian said, uh, posting a picture with him and Jet31 there. He's saying, yeah. So they were kind of having fun out there. I don't know why he's wearing a hat. It was too warm out there, Jet. Come on, man. (laughs) You must like Jason Terry if if he's Jet31. Jason Terry, NBA, you know, guy who can hit like, you know, as many threes as Steph Curry when he's on fire. Okay, maybe not that many, but but there were there were there were times he was he was kind of like that out there. He was a pretty dangerous threat. He's still around, but not quite the explosive player he once was with the Dallas Mavericks in years past, and and even the Atlanta Hawks and such. Uh, Ali posting another one uh, about the Vikings. Yep, Vikings uh, about the Vikings. No kidding about the the the, the Bears game. It says Vikings beat Bears thirty eight seventeen. Bridgewater scores five touchdowns from Pro Football Spot. Yep, read more about the game in that article. Thank you very much, Ali, for that. On to Twitter. On to Twitter. I would love to go there. That would be great. Okay, Malcolm was saying how it's good or bad because that was the flex alert. The Giants' Week 16 matchup Minnesota has been moved to the Sunday Night Football on NBC. You know, Sunday Night Football, 
is some of the best action you're going to see. And, and, and I barely even talked about the Arizona game. They look so damn good, don't they? And, and the Eagles had been a different team, and they were looking pretty good. They were they were containing the Eagles offense, or the Eagles, the Cardinals offense for the longest time, and then it just the floodgates opened, and the Cardinals got better. And of course, uh, Carson Palmer had a dislocated finger in the game, but the but the reaction, uh, but his reaction was just stone faced, like eh. You know, it's kind of funny how he was just kind of like eh about it. I mean, I had a dislocated finger playing a uh, playing basketball, just kind of playground, you could call it, about in two thousand seven, eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was my my left pinky finger. The ball was kind of bouncing back awkwardly to me as uh, we were checking the ball from far away. So the ball was thrown hard, and it bounced funny. And my finger was bent all the way back in the middle of the pinky. And I'm like, oh, no, it's dislocated. Look at it. And, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it hurts. Um, but I kept playing. You know, you just pop it back in. It hurts like hell for months, though. But But you can still function. So hopefully that won't be a huge hindrance for Carson Palmer. It's on his throwing hand, so but he went out there and he played well. So go 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 get him, Carson. Luckily, he did not look like it hurt that much. So <laughs> I don't know if it's just a tough guy thing with him, but well, I suppose it would be if you're an NFL quarterback. You kind of have to be like that. Uh, but that was a fun Sunday night football. It's it's the most it's the it's the best resolution you're going to get watching a football game. I mean, NBC is the best resolution of all the of all the channels right now. Um, and I know CBS is 1080, but I swear it's a weak 1080. And then Fox is is still 720. Well, why? I don't know. I really don't know. ESPN, same thing. I don't know. Uh, Mad Martin, uh, unless I'm wrong, and that's changed recently. I don't think so, though. They're, they're probably just waiting to change everything to 4K, so they, they didn't want to waste their time with that 1080 stuff. But my goodness, 10 years of 720, what are you doing? <laughs> Mad Martin out of Scotland, the Twitter king, says... Now that's the kind of opening drive I want to see uh, of the clock and passing a touchdown. That's that's for sure. And there it is, Justin in Rochester. Justin in Rochester. Justin Day saying, your guy Greenway. And that was with the sack and all in the huge game. And ultimately, I was responding to him saying, he really has had a strong year with the... Uh, with, with the less snaps, the less playing time. And look what happened to Ryan Suter of the Minnesota Wild. Same thing, like less ice time. Look at him now. He's a superstar. So he's a superstar like he should have been. And he, and he was before with the uh, Nashville Predators. So uh, look look at Chad Greenway right now having a huge resurgent type of season. It may be his final year, and if, and if it is, what an awesome finish for him. Wouldn't it be cool if the Vikings were some type of underdog New York Giants type of Super Bowl champion this year? What if we were the Giants of this year, man? Oh, that'd be so cool. Knock those uh, Carolina Panthers out right out of, right in their house. Second round, just like that. And then you go to Green Bay or, or uh, Arizona and, and play a gutty game. Play it to the last second. Win it at the win it at the end. And go to the SB, the Super Bowl, man. Mm. Okay, Mad Martin says, in a winning season, this team is a legit playoff team, unlike the 2012. Let's hope the Raiders can dagger the... Slackers. And you know what? I agree 100% about the 2012 thing. See, I'm going everywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, 2012, yeah, this team is more legitimate. They have more staying power and, than the uh, 2012 Vikings. That team, <laughs> that team right now had about as much staying power as the stock market does at this point. Watch out for that stock market, guys, in the next couple of months. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oof, watch out. You might want to move some of your 401k money into bond, into the, the bond funds out of the Stock funds, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, Mad Martin saying, because, well, what what happens every year of a presidential election? I'm just, yeah, every single time. Just look at the history, guys. Uh, 
and it's not against any president. It doesn't even matter. It just happens. It's just some type of whatever it is. Uh, Mad Martin saying, at, at last we see a Norv offense that we all wanted to move more Teddy, <laughs> more Teddy, less AP. Look, a legit passing game at long last. Well, there it is. There it is. There it is, Mad Martin. That is definitely a star candidate right there. And, okay, that was the slacker one again. That's, yep, he's definitely a star candidate. Uh, Mad Martin saying, and it looked even better this week. I felt this was a trap game turned into the best game of the season so far. Yeah, and it, and it reeked like a trap game, but it's a trap game if you're one of those overzealous, over-bipolar type of fan, though, that gets too excited over wins and too depressed over losses because the Bears haven't been playing well. Oh, so that's the thing. <laughs> and it happened years ago, and I talked about it earlier in the episode, too. It's a trap game in that sense. Uh, the real trap game of all, though, I think is this Giants one. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> that is a trap game. Got to get out of that trap and get it, get it, get to 10 and 5, and we will make the playoffs when we're 10 and 5. It's over. There's no, nobody's going to catch us at that point. Nobody that was, was staying alive, so to speak, into this weekend. Um, yeah, there's just no way. So... That's about it for the uh, fan interaction. Now I've got to pass out the stars, and that's not going to be easy. It never is. I'm going to give Jeff Froyland the gold star. Yes, Jeff Froyland's going to get it. Really loved his take. It was fairly early in the postgame thoughts. And, you know, I was thinking early yesterday, this guy deserves a gold star. It was really cool. Uh, really cool comments. Very detailed. Silver star to Gerald String. All the awesome things he had to say. Off and on. Off and on. And the bronze star, my God. Oh, see, this is what makes it hard because Brent's calls are so good. And then you have all these other good comments and stuff. Oh, it makes it so hard. you know. And I don't like to leave anybody out. Um, a lot of you guys have a lot of stars, too. <laughs> God, I don't like to leave anybody out. It drives me crazy. I'm going to give Mad Martin and Brent Jacobson the bronze stars for this week. And again, nothing against anybody. You guys left some awesome comments. Um some really kind things too like Leland deserves something too and so does Mark and you know that it just drives me crazy leaving anybody out and 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 you guys will get more stars as well um it's so hard yeah it's so hard so I'm just gonna leave it at that because I don't want to get too wacky with like two this two that and two that that's too much so it kind of defeats the purpose it was supposed to be just three people (laughs) So, again, nothing personal against anybody. It's just kind of a week-by-week thing. And certain people that, I mean, all of you put in so many good takes, and they all deserve stars. And you're always there. You you, you put in the time for this show, and I just want to say again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of you for that. It's just so awesome. Still looking at that tree right now with the lights on. Unfortunately, it's not a real tree, but it's a really nice-looking tree. synthetic tree, we'll say. I've had a real tree my whole life until this year. Doggone it. <laughs> because, uh, well, obviously I'm in a different place now, so it is what it is. Mm. It's going to be a, uh, hopefully we get some snow. There, there was a possibility of snow on Christmas Day, which is kind of funny. Possibility. I don't know what's going to happen. Over in Iowa, though, I think you guys may or may not have more snow, but it probably got even warmer there than here, though, after you got a pretty good dose of snow early. So we'll just see where things head with that. Otherwise, I want to wish all of you again a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. But then again, I'll be back before the New Year. And I'll be wishing all of you a wonderful holidays this week. I want to thank you all again so much for your listenership. And those of you out there that have been unable to post uh, on iTunes to this point, but maybe you're able to now, please do uh, write a review of Purple Mafia on iTunes. It makes it more attractive for the listeners. And those of you that might be new on Stitcher, 
please uh, write a review for Pro Mafia on Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. I'll be kind enough to give you a shout-out, and you will get a star for the Pro Mafia. Uh, you will get a star on the on the episode that I see it. So there you go. Thank you so very much again for your participation and your loyalty. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with a 10-5 football team to talk about.